You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. There are people even over the years who've gotten it, because I, I it's an expression. I don't mean to offend anyone when I say it. Okay? Some people think I'm being cavalier or being sarcastic when I'm saying it, and I'm not. People will say, well, 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 what can I do in the ministry? And I may respond by saying something like, get in where you fit in. Get in, you know what I'm saying? What talent do you have? What gifting do you have? Now, I came along at a church at, at a time, y'all, when you was either a preacher, you know, you, you, you was a preacher, you was a deacon, you was a, a, a minister, you were, which preacher? Uh, you were a usher, okay, or deacon. That was pretty much it. Can I tell you, every capacity, whatever you have, you can use it some kind of way for the kingdom. I text Dr. Wives, Dr. Stephanie Wives, I think on Friday, I said, listen, I said, can, can we do something to give our flu shot? She ain't in the choir. She ain't a deacon. She ain't an elder. She's a pharmacist. How can I use pharmacy to benefit the kingdom? Brother David back there, who does our, runs our, our lighting and all this kind of stuff, I, 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 ain't even, I ain't hardly looked at that stuff then. You, I thought it was complicated. This, this stuff is like, the, is, is like the space shuttle on steroids, okay? He's not an elder. He's not a deacon. He went to school for technical stuff, and it can benefit the kingdom. And so if you come out of a traditional kind of church where everybody got to preach, sing, or be a deacon, then you think, well, no, no. whatever capacity you have, that's why we have a medical ministry, that, that's why we have mental health ministry. Whatever you are doing out there, you ask God, how can I use it for the kingdom? How can I use it in here? How can I use it to benefit other people's lives other than just lying in my pocket? Because when you benefit other people's lives, God will line your pocket. And some of you, you would be more prosperous even in your professions if you looked at it as ministry. Ministry, I don't mean preaching, but a way to help people. So you have to ask God to help you see whatever opportunity you have. Whatever your hands find to do, do with your might. For there's no word or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. He said, find what you, what you can do here on earth and do it now before you die. He said, I return and so on the, under the sun. Now look at verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9 11. The race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Now, let me read that from New Living Translation. It says this. Here's something I've, I've looked at. He said, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. Y'all ever, ever see one of these races where someone is ahead, and they're really ahead, and then they trip and fall, and come in last, or way back, and they were supposed to win, or they decided to smoke weed just before the race, or something like that. 
then you, got, then you just got to wait till next time. Okay? Even though, even though they, were, they thought they were going to win. He said, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. You can be strong but not win the battle. You can be the fast one not win the race. You can be so smart, how can you have nothing to eat? And you're so skillful, but how can it not produce any income for you? Skillful, not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. Oh, my goodness. Y'all ever see people who got more degrees than a thermometer? And they're doing nothing with their life? I'm like, did you just go to school just to pay student loans? What are you doing with that? And th that's what the scripture is saying. He said, so even those educated don't always lead successful lives. Look at this. It's all decided by chance. Being in the right place at the right time. So this is saying that you need to understand when is your time to bust a move. You need, there are things that God, and don't be naive about this. Because when people are successful, a lot of things come together. A lot of time comes together. The Lord sent me here. Now, some of this I wouldn't even talk about early on because I didn't know what I didn't understand. And when I saw it happening, I said, okay, God, now I understand. When I came to this city in 1995 and the Lord told me to start a church here, first of all, I told the Lord he made a mistake. And last I knew, I'm supposed to be going back to New Jersey. Why in the world would I be coming here in South Carolina and staying here in South Carolina? And uh, I'm the, I really knew the Lord had spoken to me about New Jersey many years ago. And the Lord spoke. I said, Lord, now, did I miss you? He said, now watch this. He said, I had to change your assignment. He said, I had to change your assignment because of what men and women failed to do in this city. Now, that sounds very prideful. It sounds very braggadocious is a word. I went and looked it up. It's an actual word. Give yourselves a hand, South Carolina. I thought that was a South Carolina word. I went and looked it up. It's a word. Okay? I'm not, I'm not just being braggadocious but, uh, or prideful or arrogant. So the Lord told me to start this ministry. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't want to be here. Another. Okay? When we started this church, three ministries, word churches in this city had major exoduses. Some of y'all are here today who came from those churches. I didn't know those pastors. I didn't know their doctrine. I didn't know anything about them. All I know is the Lord told me to start this church, and one of the things he told me, I was sitting, I was sitting at Azusa, Carlton Pearson Conference that year. And give me, come here, and the Lord said, go to South Carolina and bring it refreshing. I wouldn't tell people that for years. I got it written down in the Bible. I had said, go to South Carolina and bring it refreshing. Now, you can't refresh what, have, what wasn't already fresh. So in the early days, I took a lot of persecution. Folks said, you got folks leaving these churches, going over there. Leaving these churches, going over there, because they need to be refreshed. Now watch this. I didn't sleep with nobody. They did. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Well, no, I slept with somebody. I slept with my wife. That's the point, okay? There was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And so, now watch this. So, this church initially grew with people like the Perrys who came here early on, who have been such foundation and part of the infrastructure of this church. And Lord, no, we need, I, I mean, Elder Perry felt, didn't you feel sorry for me when we started? 
I needed somebody to come here and feel sorry for me. Look at this man working like a dog, doing all this stuff for him, all by himself. I got to help this man. I needed somebody like that. But if God didn't move them, okay, he wouldn't have been here. My point of this is that 1996 was my year to start right direction. No, 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 I need you to catch this. We may not be who we are, done what we've done if I started in 1980. Everything has a time. Everything has a time. Everything has a season. Y'all ever listen, and Sean, you know what I'm talking about. You listen to certain people who, who, who had hits, okay, and, 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 their, and their music back in the day, they sold all these albums, and you listen to that, you say, like, that would never sell today. Nobody would ever buy that music today. They can't even sing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But it was that time. At the time that they brought that music on, oh, it, it was fire. It was a lituation. I just learned that word. It was a lituation. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it was timing. And sometimes the success, and somebody needs to hear that the success that God wants you to have, it's in a certain time. My son Tyler, who's, who's our new city councilman at large for Columbia, come on, thank God for him. He had, last night, we were at his uh, uh, um, celebration and recognition, but he also wanted to use it to recognize his partners at his new, uh, his new office uh, downtown. But he said something. He said, I won in 23. He said, but I've I been running since 2021, and I look at all this as one continuous thing. He said, 21 set me up for 23. Come on now. He said, he, said, he said, it allowed me to see something, learn something, get my name out there. Uh, it, it, it put me in a position for 23, okay? So 21 was his time for foundation. 23 was his year for manifestation. Oh, come on now. Don't miss the time. And some of you, you're so busy looking for manifestation that you won't set the foundation of what God wants to manifest in your life. Everything has a time. Look at somebody and say, don't, don't miss your time. Don't miss your time. He said, time and chance happen for everyone. And so sometimes we're sitting around, we're waiting. Well, I just don't know, I don't know. And you're missing your time. I don't mean to harm you, but, but I tell people this. And it's, it's even happened recently. People come and say, well, the Lord told me I'm supposed to be a sub-sub-sub-sub-other church. The Lord told me that's my church. And, uh, I, but I want to serve here to the end of the month. I said, no, you need to go. You need to go. You, you, you're missing... You're missing out. If the Lord told you you're supposed to be there, you need to go on. Don't miss your time. Y'all know I'm not addicted to people. I came here with nothing and nobody but my family. And y'all heard me preach it all, all the time. If you lose everything, you go back where you started. You started with God. If you started with God, everything you come... I, I don't get addicted to people. Really, me, 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 me and my wife, we, 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 ain't, we ain't plan on going nowhere. But, but she already said, she said, I know. She said, if, if I haven't left you, you'd be like, see you. I said, no. I said, I will tell you, I don't want you to leave. I believe we're supposed to be together. Be together. But I ain't going to be on the phone. I ain't going to be growling and on the, falling out and snotting all over the ground. No. I heard Bishop Jake say something. 
He said, he said, if you can do without me, I have no choice but to get used to being without you. Some of y'all need to get a hold of that. If they could do without you, you have no choice but to get used to doing without them. And one scripture says this. He said, they, they left us that it might be shown they were not of us. If they had not been, if they had been of us, they no doubt would have continued with us. And some of y'all, oh, this is a word for somebody. Some of you, you can't move forward because you, you too addicted to somebody in your past. Pastor Chandler preached about it when God told Samuel, fill your oil, fill, fill your home with oil and move on. Don't stay connected to your past when God's trying to give you a, gra a greater future. Who is that for? So you got to recognize I don't have time to be losing time. I don't, rather, I don't have time to be wasting time. Say that, say I don't have time to be wasting time. So your time is a non-reproducible commodity. You can get more money back. You can get another car. You can't get more time. You can't get that time back. Now, God can add years, but you, can't, you don't get that time back. I heard, heard somebody say one time, you know, I realized I wasn't the best father. I wasn't there for, for my kids and all that. Uh, uh, you know, the kid's grown now. He said, but, but the Lord told me he's going to give me that time back. I said, no, he ain't. Now, that, you can say that make you feel better, okay? You, you, you can't go back to that little league game when they 40. You can't go back to the, to, watch it, you can't go back to senior night. They have senior night one night. And my wife had to help me with those things. Because y'all, there was a time, I had to learn, I had to grow, I had to develop. And the more folks came and left, I, you made it real easy for me. Say, get yourself together. Because these folks, these folks were deuces. <laughs> and you can sacrifice this and sacrifice that, miss your family. And, blah. and so Pastor Marshall, she, she said, listen, she said, I gotta, we got to make certain decisions. She said, there's always going to be another one of those services. Not going to be another one of these opportunities for our children. And some of you, that's how you got to make those decisions. Is this going to repeat or is this a one and done thing that you're going to regret having missed? And because you don't have time to be wasting time. You have to make the best use of your time. Time is a non-reproducible commodity. John 9 and 4, Jesus, I got to work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Why? Because night coming when no man can work. The New Living Translation, that verse said, we got to quickly carry out our task assigned by the one who sent us because the night's coming and no one can work. So watch this. I said this before. You can keep saying one day or you can say this is day one. Let me say that again. You can keep saying one day or you can say this is day one. So the second thing, y'all, don't minimize what you have. The man took it and hit, well, it's only one. Uh, it's here in the napkin. He minimized the money, the pound that he had been given. God has given you something, put something in you that he has not put in anyone else. You got to know what's on you. You got to know what's in you. When Peter and John in Acts, the third chapter, they were going into the temple, and, that, and I, I, I did one of my face-stretching exercises on that today, this week. In, uh, in Acts, third chapter, Peter and John were going to the temple, and the man was there begging. And Peter and John looked at the man, and he said, look on us. And the man looked up expecting to receive something. He said, look on us. And then he said this. He, he, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, 
I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, take up your bed and walk. He said, I don't have money to give you, but I got some power to give you. I don't have money to give you, but I can pray for you. And when I pray for you, it's going to be better than money. And the anointing that was on Pete and John caused the man to never have to show up there and beg anymore. And so he said, look, you got to know what's on you. Somebody said, I got something on me. I got something in me that God didn't put in anyone else. Second Corinthians 4 and 7 said, we have this treasure. That means there's an anointing that we have. There's a gifting that we have. There's a talent. There's insight. There's strategy. Uh, there's know-how that, that's in me that's not in everybody around me. Second Corinthians 4 and 7, he said, we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. God has put a treasure in each of us that the ecstasy of the power may be of God, not of us. So God's power is going to work through something in you. God's power is going to work through something on you. Glory to God. That verse from Amplified said, we have this precious treasure, the good news about salvation in unworthy earthen vessels so that the grandeur and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God, his sufficiency, not from us. So God has placed a treasure in each of us. Come on, say it and say, God, thank you for placing a treasure inside me. God placed a treasure in you. God put something valuable in you. I don't care if you, if you come from the projects, you come from the jets, you come from a, you come from a trailer park, you come from nothing, you don't know where you came from, you came from the biggest city, or you came from the smallest town, you came from the highest mountain, or you come from the lowest valley, you come from the ghetto or the contretto. That's just a country ghetto. God has put something in you. I made that word up, contretto. I didn't know there was such a thing until I started riding around. The, and I said, wow. I said, that looked just like, just like the hood. It just ain't as many of them. Contretto. And too many of us, we're minimizing versus maximizing our potential by overthinking. Look, look somebody say, don't overthink. The servant who was given the 10 pounds in the text, he didn't realize what he could have done with it. The servant given the one town in Matthew 25 didn't recognize his ability to produce at least one more. So when we look again about that feeding the 5,000 in John 6, he said one of his disciples, Jesus said, how, how are we going to feed all these folks? Oh, rather, yet, yeah, where can we buy bread that these may eat? How, how can we take care of these people's physical needs? Food. John 6 and 8 says, Six and eight says, and one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, There's a boy here which has five barley loaves and two small fish. But he overthought it. He said, What? But, uh -uh, man, what about it? What is that among so many? So he had the God idea, but he minimized it. Y'all don't catch that. He had the God idea, but he minimized it. You've heard me preach this many times. I heard somebody preach this one time and say, Jesus took his idea and said, I can do something with that. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't tap into his idea. He tapped into God's idea. He tapped because the Bible says, before he even asked him a question, he already knew what he was going to do. He asked them, where are we going to buy food? He said he already knew what he was going to do. And, and, and can I tell you, God already knows how, he, how he's going to get you out of that situation. 
God already knows how your debt's going to be paid. God already knows how he's going to supply for your children to go to college. God already knows how you're going to buy that house despite interest rates going up. God already knows where the down payment's coming from. God already knows how you're going to move and start that business. God already knows. God wants to know, will you stay in faith and get my mind? Will you allow me to give you the strategy? Because I already know. And God gave it to him. He said, there's a boy here with five loaves and two bread and two fi uh, five loaves and two fish, but he minimized it. He minimized it. He said, oh, surely God can't do anything with that. And so many times, God wants to use you, want to do, but you say, oh, man, God can't do nothing with me. Man, when I look at uh, uh, Mr. Sean, I, I can't sing like that. When I look at, I, I, I can't do that. Or when I look at, uh, I don't have it like that. Uh, and, and you look at other people, and I'm telling y'all, social media is messing y'all up. Some people get motivated, but a lot of y'all are getting, are minimizing yourself because of social media. A lot of you are minimizing yourself because of social media. Everybody make yourself look great on social media. Or Pastor Dollar say one time, he said, I had to really learn to pray before I go to these churches, they invite me to preach. He said, well, the first thing we do, we're going to look at their website. He said, I start realizing, man, you can make your church look like anything on the website. He said, I go pull up in there, I said, now this ain't that. This must be their mission campus. Folks, and, and they're professors who will show you how to blow yourself up. Okay, I'm telling you, y'all have seen them. Y'all, I don't mean y'all don't see no people who look like a, um, a rat's behind. And they put enough makeup on and they look like Minnie Mouse. Now, don't y'all get mad because I tell y'all the truth. And you're like, oh, Jesus. That's, that's why the Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. <laughs> Before you marry, brothers, listen, can we go on a date without the makeup? Can, can we go on a date without the eyelashes? I know that butt looked good. Is that yours or that a BBL? Brazilian butt lift, because it won't be long, it's gonna be look like cottage cheese. You better ask somebody, you, need, you better be led by the spirit and not led by the butt. I'm preaching up in here. People are so superficial today. I'm really, really, and, and, and listen, I don't mean to harm ladies. Y'all can look as glamorous as you can look, and you look beautiful, but do you know how to talk to a man? You can look glamorous and beautiful. Nobody owe you a bag because you look glamorous and beautiful. No, no, nobody deserves to take you on no trip to the Bahamas. First of all, we say, we ain't going nowhere again. Somebody said, now, I ain't that saved. I ain't. 
Now, what kind of save he talking about? And brothers, y'all falling for this stuff. Got the proof. I saw something. I think I sent it. I saw something on social media where um, a, 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 a young man, a young lady, and she happened to have a husband with them. They were doing something to celebrate another one of the girlfriend's birthday. He was the only man there. The meal came to $700, and they expected him to pay for everybody. He said, well, he's the only man here. He said, I married her. And, and, and so, so they, they try to get her involved and say, well, what you got to say? She said, um, like he said, he married me. Some, some of y'all, some, some of you brothers, y'all fault, y'all letting these sisters trick you. Trick. You're letting that trick, trick. It must be the robe, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got a special anointing today. It must be the robe. It's the robe. I ain't gonna wear this next Sunday, I promise. <sighs> I'm gonna have to end this. But, but, but let me say, y'all, relationships, relationships, I don't know why, so maximize your potential, you gotta max up potential. Relationships, there is an exchange. There is, there is an exchange, okay? Two are better than one. They have a great, a great reward for their labor for what they produce together. Every time you hear me say, I'm a millionaire, the truth of the matter, we're millionaires. Because when, when, when we look at that net worth, we done calculated what she done put in there too. Uh, you, you follow me? Two are better than one. And so relationships and marriage is about exchange. I know what you want to receive, but what are you prepared to give? What are you prepared? And, and, you, and you got to, usually you got to get the women to think about this more than the men. Because y'all got, got these men jumping through these hoops. These young men today, really, Elder Prayer, you, you can't even mad. I got to tell you about how it is today. It's totally different. Thank God for our models, okay? It, but but y'all got these folks, they, brother, I got to have this, I got to have that, I got to have, come with all this here, and you got to be making so many figures, and can't go to Cheesecake Factory. You better be glad you're going to, I could take you to McDonald's. Or send you to McDonald's. I mean, you ain't taking me to McDonald's because I probably wouldn't want to take it. Okay? But it's, it's an exchange. And so you say, well, he got to make six figures. He got to have this. He got to be able to do this. He got to have a degree. He got to, okay, you want all this. What does that kind of man want you? Oh, y'all don't like me now. That man at that magnitude with all that going on that you want, do you deserve that kind of man? Can you contribute to the life of that kind of man? And sometimes, sometimes it's the other way around, but I'm, I'm trying to get your thinking right. Marriage is a means of exchange. Now, in, in a real old traditional marriage, it was that the man went out hunting and, and brought back some deer meat, okay, and a woman, and a woman uh, cooked the deer meat, okay? Man went out and made the money, and a woman, and, and a woman then she, she, she took care of the kids. Most of our homes are not that traditional anymore. But there gotta be something. You can't just do nothing but look cute and have a Brazilian butt lift. What can you add? My son, my son keeps talking about his kind, again about him, about him, you know, winning this this election. And the first thing he says, he talks about his wife and how much she has helped him. 
going back from law school when he cheated off our papers. I remember when he first told me about her. He said, Dad, she's, she's a Christian, and she helps me in law school. Are you a helper? Y'all don't like me. Ladies, are you a helper? I know we, we, you know, I'm telling the men, I'm telling the men what they got to do. Are you prepared for that kind of man? The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, that he has no need of spoil. So we, this got to be an exchange. We both got to be getting something out of this, okay? And sex is part of it, and the young you are is a big part of it. I got to remember it's a part of it this age of my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've heard people, people get mad, tell me, I ain't going to be doing that. You ain't going to be doing what? Having sex? Oh, you, you just better go on with your single self somewhere. And ladies, it was a young man who told me he don't want none. Mm, you don't want none of him. I know you saved. I, 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 I know you, you want him to want some. Now you want him to be, some of y'all so uncomfortable. You want him to be willing to wait to get it, but you want him to want it. If he don't want it, it might be something else. <laughs> So, so if he say, I don't want nothing, you say, well, what do you want? The Bible says there are desires in this flesh. What does your flesh desire? And can I meet that need? Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. It's the robe, it's the robe, it's the robe. I got to end this. Don't despise what God's put in you. Y'all, Esau, Exodus 25, 30 through 34, Esau, he was hungry. And Jacob said, well, 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 give him your birthright. He said, you can have my birthright. He despised his birthright. Look at Genesis 25, 34. Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went away because he despised. Please put that scripture up, Genesis 25 and 34. He despised his birthright. He despised it. That's what the King James said. He de Esau despised his birthright. He made little of what God had given him. He made little of it, and watch, he gave it up for something his flesh wanted. Lust of the eyes, lust of flesh, pride of life. A birthright was a special honor given to the firstborn. It included a double portion family inheritance. The oldest son would sell his birthright or give it away if he chose. And by doing so, he would lose his material goods and the leadership position. He despised his birthright. And when you despise, you are thinking short and narrow rather than long and wide. Don't despise what you started with. Give you the description, I'm done. 
Zechariah 4, 8 through 10. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. Zerubbabel, he had started to build something, he had started to build the temple, to rebuild the temple, and it looked like years had gone by and nothing was going to happen. What is it that you started last year that you've given up on? The year that we were supposed to finish. What is it that you started last decade that you gave up on? What is it that you started at some yesteryear in your life that you gave up on? And so the word came to Zerubbabel saying, your hands have laid this foundation and his hands shall finish it. Look at somebody say, I'm going to finish it. And when you finish, you're going to know that the Lord of hosts has sent me for who has despised the day of small things. And they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with the seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro the whole earth. And so he said, he's, don't minimize what you have. I'll continue this next week. Don't minimize what you have. I started something, but what is this? It's just, it's just five loaves and two fish. Give it to Jesus and he can blow on it. Give it to Jesus, he can increase it. Well, I started it, it doesn't look like it's, it's, anything's happening with it. Come on, go ahead and start it and then start adding to it. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.